1: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's talk some baseball. Welcome to the High Hopes Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Fritz. Today, we are joined by the fine Joe Giglio on this great, snow day here. It really get you excited for, for opening day, this this beautiful snowstorm here in Philadelphia. Joe, uh, how's it going? We're, we are a week away, pretty much, from opening day.
0: This is great baseball weather, Jack. You picked a great <laughs> day to do the high-hope spot here. It is snowing, but you know what? The Phillies are playing as we talk right now, and everyone's hitting home runs, so I'm excited for baseball.
1: Yeah, everyone's worried about the young lineup, whether they're going to they're go through any regression this season, they're going to slow down at all, they're going to hit any kind of wall. Clearly not going to happen. Yeah, they're scoring 900 yeah. runs this year. <laughs> I mean, the Yankees. Who? This is this is the Murderers Row 2.0 down here in Philadelphia. Uh, you can follow Joe at Joe Gilio Sports, and you have a show here on the station sometimes.
0: That's what I'm told. Yeah, right. they they let you know the key card work, so I'm allowed in the in the building. And uh yeah, doing the evening show with you, Jack. In case you, you didn't know, you're that's my job. Yeah, you, you produce the show.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. I thought I was a co-host. Um. And when you're driving down to the ballpark this year and you're trying to get some information on the game, uh, it's a 7 o'clock first pitch, you'll likely hear Joe because you're hearing that all... Honestly, they used to say Harry Callis had the voice of summer. I think it's turning into Joe Giglio. You
0: know what? I'll take that. I don't know if it's true, but I will take it. And no, I'm excited for it. We're going to do the pre and post every night. So I'm I'm excited for that because you know why? The Phillies are actually going to be relevant for the first time in a long time.
1: I don't think I'm going to plug your podcast because... It's not like, – Nick, there's only really one Phillies podcast, and that's the High Ops podcast, and I don't want to – Wait a second. I didn't bring you on to promote another podcast.
0: You bring on other <laughs> Phillies podcasters that don't even work here. You're promoting their podcast, but not the great Phillies 24-7 network that is somewhere out there in the radio universe.
1: Yes. that I don't know. Anyway, his podcast is Phillies 24-7. If uh, – if you feel like listening, but I don't think you really. Also, need to wait listen. a second.
0: Your other co-host on High Hopes, James Seltzer, does daily podcasts in the Phillies twenty-four-seven network. I never said I supported him. Synergy, Jack. Synergy is important.
1: Yeah. See, I'm a big me guy. <laughs> there may be a, there may be an and There may be no I IN team, but there is an me. Um, so, are we sure Scott Kingery's not Pedroia with more talent? Because he has his fourth homer of the spring today. He has the look, according to to uh, Gabe Kapler. Uh, Scott Kingery is clearly here and ready to roll. I mean, are we sure he's not Dustin Pedroia with more talent?
0: I'm not sure. It, look, Dustin Pedroia is a great player. I guess he's still really good, but he was a great player at one point. He won an MVP, even though it might have been a weird year to win an MVP. Whatever, he's great. And he was great for the Red Sox, probably a borderline Hall of Famer, Jack. I never thought Dustin Pedroia had overwhelming physical talent. You watch Kingery, he's really talented. And I, I don't know if he's going to be as good as Pedroia. Maybe he's better, but... I don't think the comp that came out last week is that crazy. He might be more talented. I
1: don't think it's a hot take at all. I think he'll steal more bases. Yep. I think he has more pop in, in his bat, given the changes he made to his launch angle and the changes. <laughs> he loves launch angle. I mean, we should, instead of Scotty Jetpacks, it should be Scotty Launch Angle because he is all about it. Defensively, he's a, he's an absolute wizard.
0: Could play almost anywhere, according to the manager.
1: I know. I know he won't be here opening day. Right. But if he goes into the manager's office and says, give me 26, do you put him on the opening day roster?
0: That's It's hard to argue with that the way you phrase that. Yeah. Uh, Gabe might say maybe, and then he's going to go to Matt Clinton. and be like, there's no way we're doing this.
1: But if he comes in demanding 26, the number 26, and he thinks he's better than Utley – I might have to put him on the opening day roster.
0: Imagine if that story came out; it'd be so funny. He'd be half loved in this town and half hated. Like, how dare he say that?
1: You know what I think would happen? I think Utley would request his release. He would come back and he would take second base back and say, "Scott, you're done."
0: Just to show this kid who's the boss around yeah, here. Yeah. You know, he's hitting 390 as we do this podcast <laughs> in spring trainings. 390.
1: I see. I see that staying that way the whole year. I don't. Yeah, think he's, he's a four hundred hitter. I think. I think. I think that's fair. I definitely think that's fair. Um, but yeah, Scott Kingery. I don't know what they're gonna do with them because I think he's the I think he's the future at second base, and I appreciate what Cesar Hernandez has done. But I think in the long term, if we're looking at the ceiling of this team, having Kingery at second, Crawford at short, and Machado at third, with Hoskins, Herrera, Altair in right field, I think that's a higher upside than Cesar, Crawford, Kingery at third, and then you know I mean maybe they get Harper, maybe not. It's just that I think that's more. I think that's that's a better long-term plan than keeping Caesar around, even though he's great. But in not trading Caesar. In, an, in, a, in a deal to get an arm at the deadline,
0: I agree. I think the, the question now is like, what are they looking for for Hernandez? And are teams going to use the leverage of Kingry coming up and the fact that everyone out they there should. knows they sure they should and everyone out there knows they're going to go after Machado against the Phillies? Like, you have no place for Cesar Hernandez. You know, as the year goes on, you have to trade him to get Kingry in everyday spot. That could actually hurt them, but teams are going to like Cesar Hernandez. He's going to, something's coming back here for him with probably something else. He's coming up before Hernandez is getting traded. They're not trading Cesar in April. No. They're not trading him in May. This is probably a June or July thing. So this kid's going to come up, and Gabe Kapler like three times this spring. Jack has mentioned Chris Taylor from the Dodgers last year. Obviously, I love Chris Taylor. Gabe was with the Dodgers, player development, and they used him everywhere last year. I think that's what Kingery's coming up to do whenever that date is.
1: Yeah, and I, th- I think the same thing is going to happen with the outfielders. Everyone's worried about... You know, is, is Nick Williams going to get enough at bats? Is Aaron Altair going to get enough at bats? What are they going to do with Hoskins? Is he going to be in left field? I think Gabe, given the background he has in LA, is going to find plenty of playing time for these guys. Whether because they're all about, uh, you know, time, load management. You know, pitchers they probably won't have many starters going. To face a lineup for the third time yep. around, that's just not the way the Dodgers roll. And I don't think the Phillies are going to roll that way. I think they're going to. I think they're going to. Uh, they're they're going to spread these guys around. Kingery could play the outfield a little bit. Kind of just like Kike Hernandez on the Dodgers, uh, Chris Taylor on the Dodgers. It's going to be the same kind of thing. Like I, I'm not worried at all about them finding at bats for for everyone. I, th- I think they'll they have a plan.
0: I think they do, too. I think this is the new way of baseball now. The Orioles have done this for years. The we Dodgers, have to adjust
1: how we watch baseball.
0: I think we do, and we're have to, and we going to soon have to adjust what's a good player because players aren't going to get 600 at-bats. Starters aren't going to get 33, 35 starts. So like, if you pitch 150 innings, they're really good, or you get 450, 500 plate appearances, they're really good. That's really good now. The Dodgers do it. The Orioles do it. Um, the Astros do the it Patriots. to an extent. That's Tubs. just the way the Yankees have done the last couple of years. So... I think Gabe's perfect for this because he's been in an organization that knows how to do it. And I think the communication is the key. You have to tell the players maybe a couple days in advance, like, you're not going to play this day. So you could just kind of get your work in around it. Or make sure they know so you don't blindside a guy and be like... No, you're not playing today, like probably Pete McCann would have done when he was here.
1: Yeah, Pete's getting ripped by uh, everybody, <laughs> some members of the team. You know,
0: people are seeing the light. Pete McCann I hated Pete McCannon as the Phillies manager. He was not good at what he did. And everyone talked about how he was a good communicator because he could speak Spanish. He didn't actually talk to the players. I don't care what language you speak, if you don't communicate, it doesn't matter.
1: The players had to come to him. Yeah. At one point. Like, I remember that
0: whole thing with Franco last year? Yeah.
1: It's awful. Pete McCann was garbage. And like the only reason he ever got defended in this town was because he's a nice guy. Yeah. And like he was here through the losing record, but batting Freddie Galvis in the two hole it's is, a is it's, it's just egregious. It is patently absurd. So I'm so glad that Pete McCannon is over. And speaking of the, the new way of watching baseball, we're gonna have to get used to either Hoskins or Santana batting in our two hole with probably Herrera in our three hole. It's gonna be it's gonna be an adjustment in that way because Reese Hoskins is not your typical two hole hitter. And Carlos Santana isn't really either, but in in the modern day of baseball, Carlos Santana is probably the most consistent offensive player in the, in the sport right now.
0: Yeah, all he does is get on base every year. He doesn't strike out that much. And other teams are doing this too. The Yankees are probably going to bat Aaron Judge, who hit a million home runs last year and won the MVP or second MVP. They're probably going to bat him second. So this is what teams are doing now. And Kapler's been pretty consistent about this. If you look at the lineups every day in spring, it's one of those two batting second almost every game. He, yep. But I think it is going to take some people aback when they start watching the season like, wait a second, why aren't these guys batting three and four? Because that's what you usually do with your sluggers, but this is the best way they think to score more runs.
1: And that's why I think we, we, we're making a little bit too much out of the rotation because we're looking at it from a traditional sense. Mm-hmm. Who is going to be the fifth starter that can hopefully break? All they need these guys to go is five innings. Get through the five innings, get through the first two two, two times through the lineup, and then go from there because i think i think a guy like lively has shown that he can he can do some things for the first two times through the lineup and i think the third time the average jumps to like 350 get him out <laughs> and it's 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 bad but that's why bringing in a guy like like arietta was so important to where it's where it's nola and then it wasn't you had no idea who was coming after him and when you have a guy like velazquez who has never been able to throw more than 5 innings pavetta has never been able to throw more than 5 innings uh lively you just don't want doing it like eflin all these guys are, are Find breakout possible candidates, but in in, in, a, in a day and age where we are at the Phillies, all they need to go is five innings and then turn over to the bullpen, and the bullpen on paper looks pretty good, although today they cut Fernando Abad, which is, I mean, it's a tough loss.
0: Well, I keep saying they're going to have a winning record for the first time since 2011. Now I'm wavering on that. Right. Without Abad, I don't know if they could do it. It is a fraud. <laughs> he cut Fernando Abad. Uh, you're right about the pitching staff, and I, I think we have to stop looking at it the way we used to. And... The other part about the Arietta thing you mentioned, why it was so important to bring him in, if you're going to do that, and most teams do it now, it is nice to have two guys atop the rotation that you can count on for some innings so you can be, you don't have to worry when you take the other starters out early. Like you're going to blow the bullpen out completely by the end of May. Look at the Astros. They have Dallas Keichel. They have Verlander. They even have now Garrett Cole. They have three guys so they could go deep into games. So they could be really, really liberal with like all right this pitcher in the fourth spot in our rotation he stunk through three innings he's gone and not even worry about it the Phillies can do that if Arietta is good and is good I think you're gonna see Gabe Copper in the fourth inning like hey Vince give me the baseball Pavetta the same thing and he's gonna go to the bullpen it won't kill them because those other guys they could pitch innings
1: who is gonna be our Chad Green because when you're talking about that scenario it was always oh we'll just go get Chad Chad Green he'll shut him down from the fourth to the seventh and hopefully right. our offense can make a run and you saw the same thing with Archie Bradley with the Diamondbacks. Andrew Miller, I mean, he's the revolutionary. It this. all started with Andrew Miller. It did all start with Andrew Miller. Who do you think has the best chance to beat our Andrew Miller?
0: It's a good question. I think that two guys in the rotation could right now. Maybe one day, I mean, yes. Velasquez could do it. I think Pavetta would be great at it. I think
1: Pavetta would be unbelievable. But
0: at they're it. at the spot now where they don't have like they don't have better options than the rotation, so they're going to keep trying them as starting pitchers. If it's not those guys. I like a Dubre Ramos. I think he could be really good for them. I know Kapler talks about Luis Garcia a lot, and they have Neris, obviously. Adam Morgan was really good last year, even though I used to. I Listen. Used
1: to, I hit, Adam Morgan was on my list.
0: He was on everyone's list except I a could, few people who wanted to defend him, but he was the worst starting pitcher.
1: Well, he's the worst starting pitcher because he was throwing 92, and then all of a sudden he comes back from the minor leagues, he's throwing 96. Like that's that's a pretty stark. Sure, difference. it is, and his and his slider got really. I really think he's good. healthy
0: now for the first time in years. Yeah,
1: and I think I think him in a bullpen role is is just better than trying to stretch him out. And I I can't believe I'm here. I trust Adam Morgan, which I never thought I'd I ever say in my entire. I think life.
0: he's really good now. I think the Phillies bullpen of all the things that's gone on this offseason, Jack, with you know Santana, Arietta, the signings, the um, Kapler, Klentak. Looking forward to next year expectations. The bullpen's the one thing no one has talked about. Because Tommy Hunter is not exactly you know, a sexy name to talk about. He's but just, he's, he's really good. And he developed a great cutter last year last that changed year, his career.
1: everyone talked about Brandon Morrow. He had just as good of a year yep. as Brandon Morrow did. And they got him on a pretty decent contract. Yes.
0: And they also brought back Neshek, who's just good. Pat Neshek's just good every year. He's the same guy every year. The bullpen's going to be re- – it could be really good. I'll say could be because bullpens are weird and you never really know. But it's like the one thing we're not talking about that could – Really spur them to be better than we think,
1: except that they release Fernando Abad. But I know I don't think I don't know if Ramos can be the multi inning guy. I think he's I think he's more of a back end of the bullpen. Hopefully, guy that can develop into a Luis Garcia. What about a
0: Sir Anthony Dominguez?
1: See, I, I like him. I, and they I think, keep
0: saying he's coming quickly. He could be here.
1: Yeah, and they keep saying he's he's a starter. He's been a starter his whole minor league career, uh, and now he's been strictly out of the bullpen this spring. Maybe they're grooming him for that role. Another guy who they announced is going to the bullpen today, or not announced, but I think was it Gelb that came out with it? Jake Thompson. That Jake Thompson is going to be in the bullpen as well. Maybe they're trying to groom him for that role. I think Jake Thompson stinks, so I'm not really in on that. Even though he's a good spring ERA, but it's like when I watch him, I just I see him still have inconsistent fastball location, which is, is a key for me. But maybe out of the bullpen maybe. if you need him for three innings he could just throw as hard as you can and, and, and figure it out that way.
0: It's amazing how many starters that stunk as starters become good relief pitchers. Every year. I it's mean, it's like, really every relief well, pitcher, isn't well, Andrew is that.
1: Miller was horrible. Uh, Archie Bradley was horrible. Mariano
0: Rivera was a bad starting pitcher. It happen, happens all
1: the time. It happens all the time. And maybe this can happen with a guy like Velasquez, who I feel like Velasquez is on his last chance here as a starter, at least.
0: Well, if I'll tell you this, Jack. As we look forward to the season and what they're going to be and what they could be, if they're buyers at the deadline and they trade for a starting pitcher, it could actually be two acquisitions at once because it could be whoever that guy is jumps into the rotation. If ikoff comes back, and then whoever of Velasquez or Pavetta is not doing well, they go to the bullpen. It could be like yep. acquiring a starter and a reliever in one move.
1: And make you that much deeper for a playoff run. Yep. and Because I, th- I really do think Pavetta would be unhittable. He'd be great. he would he's, be chad green he is chad green he's already throwing 97 and that's as a starter and he can do that pretty late in games although what he's been doing these last couple of starts and why i'm i'm bullish on nick pavetta is that he's been throwing down a 92 93 range trying to get out to this fastball making contact sometimes you got to pitch to contact sure and he's always struggled with that and velasquez has struggled with that and the curveball is still the curveball it's still it's still like, it's up there, like it's it's hard. one of your
0: favorite things in the world right now.
1: I, I wake up thinking about Nick Pavetta's curveball.
0: I think ever, anyone that listens to the I Helps Podcast probably does the same thing.
1: <laughs> it's sharp. It's, like that's the difference between him and Velasquez. I think Pavetta's better than Velasquez strictly because I think his curveball is sharper. Like I don't trust Velasquez's curveball at all to get swings and misses, and I think it's more of a, a show me pitch at this point. Whereas Pavetta, it's like, oh, that thing's disgusting. And I think if you put him in a in that middle relief role or the or the mop up slash keep us in this ball game role, I can only imagine how hard his fastball gets up.
0: There. So, are you rooting against Nick Pavetta as a starter? No, because so, I
1: because I I really think that he's 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 twenty twelve Jake Arrieta.
0: Well, he's the perfect guy to show him how to right. harness has, it. Now
1: he has the perfect he is the perfect ERA too. Is that Nick
0: Pavetta calling?
1: Well, now that that's situated uh, and that call, that call is avoided, let's get back to talking about Nick Pavetta. Just kidding. Um, so is it, who is, speaking of breakout candidates, who is on your the top of your list of the breakout candidates on the Phillies this year?
0: I'm going to give you two. One I mentioned already in the context of open. I think a Dubre Ramos could be really good. He came back last year after he was sent down. And we talked more about Adam Morgan Luis Garcia. But the second half of the season, especially August on, their bullpen was pretty good. This happens once in a while where a team is out of it, and you don't notice the details. Like, if a guy starts a season really well, you pay attention. You're just like, oh, his ERA is zero, or he's hitting 400. But when it happens in August of a bad year, you're like, oh, whatever. His ERA dropped from six to three. Well, no one pays attention. Ramos was really good down the stretch. So I, I'm in on Adubre Ramos being really good for the Phillies this year and adding to a good bullpen. The other guy I will give you is I think that – and I know you're going to say we've been down this road before. I think that new swing, last chance, I think they're going to get something out of Michael Franco this year and it's going to it's going to complicate the Kingry situation because there's not going to be easy playing time for him every so It's going to be a challenge for Gabe, a good challenge, but a challenge. I think Michael Franco is going to hit 30 home runs
1: if he if he keeps stepping straight and doesn't go back to eating the trash, which is stepping towards yeah. towards the the, the the freaking fans on <laughs> on the third baseline. He always does. It's it's, it's
0: it's infuriating.
1: Well, he didn't used to be that way. I was watching the home runs he hit in Yankee Stadium in when he 20, was when in, he first came up. Yeah, close stance. Didn't have a big leg kick like. It is so frustrating because if he just keeps everything closed, he could be a really, really productive hitter that can cover the whole plate and and be really productive for his team. I'm not ready to give up on Michael Franco. You
0: know who I think he could be? Like, there's a world
1: out there. There's a reality where it, it clicks.
0: He's Edwin Encarnacion. That Edwin Encarnacion, when he was young, stunk, and he did the same things, and the Reds gave up on him. And now
1: look, him. Mean, it's 35 home runs every year. Oh, don't let Franco go to Toronto. That's the only thing.
0: If they call, you can't. You don't answer the phone. Yeah, don't.
1: Don't, because I'd be terrified.
0: But people are listening to this right now, Jack. and They're like, these guys are so stupid. Franco stinks. Get rid of him. I get tweets every day. Just release. People want a DFA <laughs> for Kingry. They're not going to do that, obviously. I just,
1: I can't quit the talent because when I see him and I see the exit velocity and I just see the raw power, I just can't quit. I'm, I'm perfectly fine giving up on him after the season. Just give me the last season. Make sure he sucks. Make sure he <laughs> sucks. Because, one more little confirmation, right? Just make sure he sucks. Because if he if he comes back, he could come, he's one of those those guys that comes back and he bites you in the ass like five yeah. years from now. And I just don't want that to happen. There's a scenario where he's a Ramos Ramirez, or and we're like there's there's a, a path to a good player here. I just want to make sure we're still in the transition phase. Making the playoffs will be really fun this year. It's great to have baseball back, but we are still in the figure out who is a part of your next core. And Franco is always supposed to be part of this core. And he's kind of killing himself.
0: right now. I do think, though, because of where they are and because of what they want to be this year, they're not going to give him all year. Right. If I we agree. get to June and they're playing around 500 baseball, and then there's a path to the wild card, and Kingery is about to come up, listen, Michael. Like, thanks, but you're you're not playing much anymore. Like, I think at that point they'll cut bait. They're not going to DFA him, but he's just not going to play every day anymore.
1: Are you buying the uh, the the buzz around baseball that they're a legit playoff team?
0: They could be. Uh, here's why I I kind of buy it. I don't think the NL wildcards are going to be as good as they were last year. I don't remember what they were in terms of wins. What was it last year? Like ninety and eighty-eight, something Uh, like that. Arizona Diamondbacks win eighty-seven. Arizona and Colorado were the wildcards last year, and the game was in Arizona, I believe. So that they had more wins. But I think both those teams are a little worse this year than they were last year. I don't think they're going to be quite as good. And I mean, look—you have a lot of teams in it. You have the Cardinals, who are better. The Brewers are better. The Giants maybe could be good again. I don't know. They traded for a whole bunch of veterans that were one-point great players. So weird. It is weird. They're like the Phillies of five years ago. Yes. The Mets. There's a path where the Mets are good, even though we all laugh at them because of their injuries. They have a potentially great pitching staff. If those guys ever stay healthy. So there's a lot of teams in it, but I don't believe any of those teams are 90-win teams. So I don't think it's going to take a great year out of the Phillies to do it. I. Can they win eighty three games and be in it the last two weeks of the season where the second wild card's eighty six? I think so.
1: So last year the Diamondbacks went ninety three and sixty nine. Uh, that's going to be a major aggression candidate just because yes. of the Humidor and I don't know. Zach Cranky's throwing eighty four miles an hour. Feels
0: like an eighty five win team, and they don't have J D Martinez who hit like nine hundred the last yeah. two months.
1: He was unbelievable. Uh, I don't. I'm not buying them coming close no. to ninety three wins again. Uh, Colorado won eighty-seven games last year. I like the Rockies more than you because I think they finally got a bullpen. But I still like they're they're fickle every year. Sure, they could win ninety games a year. They could win seventy-five games a year. Uh, if David Dahl comes up, if, if Ian Desmond has a bounce-back year, they could maybe be something. Trevor Story has a bounce-back year. They have year. good
0: young pitching, but we'll see in Colorado. It's, it's tough Colorado. To, yeah. I mean,
1: John Gray, if he went anywhere else, is probably like a top-15 pitcher. He like looks like Noah Syndergaard, yeah. but
0: there he's just like I. Yeah,
1: of course. Uh, and then the, the the Brewers won 86 games. They'll probably be better because they added uh, Lorenzo Cain and Christian Yelich. But the starting staff still isn't great. And they so. didn't get
0: anybody. They, lo- they didn't even get Alex Cobb, was just a free agent.
1: Dumb. And they didn't go after Arietta, which is dumb. Uh, Cardinals won eighty three games last year. They're better, they should. I mean, they're the Cardinals. I think we're just trusting based on them being the Cardinals. They'll be better than last year. Miami seventy seven done. Pittsburgh seventy five done. Atlanta seventy two, and then it's just the Mets. Maybe the Mets won seventy games last year. You they would, rock bottom. You'd hope year. their offense would be better. You'd you hope that guard stays healthy. DeGrom stays healthy. Mats maybe, and then the Phillies. You know with. I think I saw something yesterday that Aaron Nola and Jake Arrieta were ranked the ninth best one-two combo in the sport. Uh, coupled with a lineup that—I mean, even last year in the second half they went 37 and 38, and their starting staff was almost hurt the whole year.
0: And I think there's a lot of people out there because I've said this. I think I said they think I think they could have a winning record, and people are like, ah, that's that's a big jump. And you just said they were 500 in the second half. In baseball, I don't think we should look at it as linear jumps. Teams do this all the time. The Rays, the year they played the Phillies in the World Series, worst to first, worst to first. The Orioles in twenty eleven to twenty twelve went from like sixty five wins to ninety five wins and made the playoffs. Um, this happens a lot. I look at the Rockies last year, the Dimebacks. It's not the like basketball. Feels like you have to make slow m- progression, more incremental leaps. Even football, like the Eagles went from seven and nine, then they got really good. But usually, you see seven and nine, ten and six. Baseball, you could do it. You could be sixty, 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 seventy. Eighty-five, ninety—it happens.
1: And I think what we can learn from the from the Eagles is that if you see something, just trust it. And when I when I saw the Eagles making all those moves last year, I was like, they're gonna have a really good team on yeah. paper. And on paper, they were great. And it, but obviously, we had, we had dream, we had worried about the dream team. And but they were talking all offseason how they're gonna be in the in the hunt this year. The Phillies doing the same thing. The Phillies are doing the exact same thing. And on paper, they're a good team. They have a really deep. Bullpen, they have lefty options, righty options, hard-throwing options. Closer role is still a big question mark. I don't think signing Greg Holland would be a good idea. Uh, just give Naras the ball and see how it goes from there. The the offense on paper is probably going to have some lulls just because they're young mm-hmm. and and they're still ascending, they're still learning, and they really only have, what, three, four mainstays, I would think, with uh, five. Not eight mainstays in the, in the yeah. I'm trying to think of the mainstays. Like, so Hoskins, but consistent throughout the whole year should be consistent. Santana, Santana, Hoskins, Cesar, <laughs> Altair, is uh, gonna throw go through his swings. Yeah, Abdul
0: Gr- is consistently inconsistent. Crawford's gonna
1: have a consistent OBP hitting wise. Don't know. I've been really impressed with Jorge Alfaro. I need you like your guy. You have his jersey yet? I just, I think, I think we're completely underrating Jorge Alfaro. Jorge Alfaro has not only looked great defensively this this this, this spring training, framing wise has been great. Calling, I don't know, I don't know how he's calling the games. I mean, we just don't know that because you're not really game planning in, in spring training, throwing out guys with this hose. But at the plate, not chasing pitches, letting letting at bats come to him. I've been blown away by Jorge Alfaro.
0: I'll throw it to you this way. I think they could get above average production at every single lineup spot. Think about that for a second. when was the last time the Phillies had that? Every single lineup spot from first base, second base, third, above average production when you at the end of the season, better than average at every position. That's you score a lot of runs if you do well, that. At
1: least there'll be something to watch. Like yeah. it used to be. It used to be seven, eight, turning the channel. I'll be back. At the top of the lineup. Or cause, two,
0: because Freddie Galvis was there. <laughs> right.
1: Uh, that's different this year. That's completely gone. And Jake Arrieta is going to be hitting one of those days. And that that's dude right. rakes. Dude rakes. No one
0: talks about that around here. Jake Arrieta is going to hit home runs. People are going to love that guy.
1: Yeah. I mean, we freaked out over Cliff Lee home runs. yeah, and, and Cole Hamill's home runs. So, we're going to do the exact same thing with, with, with Jake Arrieta. Do you think we... Do you think we underrate how much fun having a good baseball team is in this city?
0: We definitely do. I think Pete, it's been a long time, so I think we it forget has been what,
1: what it feels like. And we hated the end of the Amara regime. Like I, I, I was so ang- I was more angry at the Phillies than anything. Like I didn't want to watch. I didn't want to support the team because I thought if I supported the team, then that's that's validating everything they did. But. The underrating of a good Phillies team in this city continues to blow me away because those runs, they they were more talked about than the Eagles for a five-year period.
0: They were. Uh, they were special. I mean, that, we'll probably never have that again. They, I mean, they literally won more games every year for five consecutive years. That's almost impossible to do. Yeah. And I do think part of it is we're underrating it because I think we forget how fun it is to watch a young, a young baseball team rise and become a contender. I think we got way too... I don't know what the word is, but like people stopped enjoying it as much because we won another World Series. You know, they won the one in, in two thousand eight, and it was like everything they did after that was disappointing. But that run was amazing, and if this feels a little bit like 06, 07 again, we're like you, you. This is this is starting now.
1: It is, and they only have more. They only have more in the pipeline coming in in six. Though, like that's a, that's what I've said, maintained from from we from since we started doing this podcast. Really, is that the upside of the Phillies? Is higher than any other team in the city because of their their roots in the Dominican, their roots in, in in Latin America, the the what they're building down there, the the how good they've already been at finding prospects there, their minor league system, they're teaching these guys OBP, framing everything, uh, and it, they're they're clearly invested in it, which they weren't at the end of the Amaro regime. They have all the money in the world, and they have a top three pick in this year's draft. Their upside, they, when they when they get there, when they make the playoffs, when they hopefully get in World Series contention, I think they're going to stay there for a long time, and we're not going to have the the lulls of this last five years.
0: The thing I really like about the way they've done this, and, and you mentioned the Cubs, they've built it mostly with batters, which you could pro- you could project them, you know what they're going to be, you don't worry about their health, and we, we know Sixto's coming, and I can't wait to watch him pitch. But if you have your whole rebuild based on pitchers, Look at the Mets. Exactly. There's there's high highs and low lows. The Phillies have some good pitchers and they I'm sure they're going to arrive here at some point and start being part of this thing, but Hoskins and you know everything else they have with this young Crawford, Kingry, Like these guys, you could just close your eyes and say for the next 10 years, if they keep them, this is what they'll probably be. That's that's probably easy to build a team around or it is easier than building or pitching. I and like that.
1: that. And that's not even factoring in Machado and Har- Machado or Harper They're both 25 It's insane You can sign them to a 10 year 500 million dollar contract And it's not gonna Like you don't have to Worry about them Aging horribly
0: yep. It's like the A-Rod contract The first one he signed Was perfect Because he if they didn't Opt out and re-sign again For another 10 years It would have been the perfect 25 is like the Perfect free agent age Doesn't happen often They haven't
1: even reached Their prime yet
0: No The best years of Harper Machado aren't happening yet
1: And they're gonna happen here One of them Who do you think Is more likely to happen here Machado or Harper
0: Machado but I don't think if you asked me a year ago I would have said it's clearly Machado because I thought I thought Harper excuse me was ticketed for New York and for the Yankees but they got Stanton and I don't know what they're doing now Machado might actually make more sense for them so I think I think Machado is more likely but I wouldn't rule out the Bryce Harper thing. They love Machado. They know him. Right. They draft him. You saw when the video came out with Arietta getting off the private plane. It's like all those old Orioles guys who just like stand there. They'll do the same thing for Machado when he comes in to visit. Just they draft him.
1: Honestly, you, know, you can put me to sleep. Wake me up when he's off that plane because I see the exact same thing happening with Machado. Manny? Yeah, but I feel like Harper's more realistic at this point, which sounds crazy. I think Machado's going to be a Yankee. I think the Yankees are going to pay whatever it takes to have him be their third baseman of the future. And I think Harper is going to not only be excited at the contract, but I think Scott Boris laid the groundwork for this deal with John Middleton. He was talking to John Middleton once Arietta was throwing his first sim game. He was just sitting there talking to Middleton and building that relationship. And maybe it could have been a, hey, I'll help you. You scratch my back. I'll scratch yours with Bryce Harper next year. Also, have you seen Bryce Harper's numbers here? It's incredible. He's he He's... Every single is bad. He's hit a home run here. He
0: owns this park. He
1: only hits home runs here.
0: The one thing about Mitch, uh, Harper, I don't know. I don't think any of us know yet. I don't know what he wants. Like when Ken Griffey Jr. left the Mariners and he asked for a trade, he wanted to go closer to home. That was his objective. Is Harper's money? Is it like he's a big baseball buff? Is it history? Does he want to play in Chicago, at Wrigley Field? I don't know what Bryce Harper wants. If it's about money and winning for the next few years, yeah, here because they'll get a, a big offer here and they could win. I don't know what he wants
1: though. Yeah, I don't know what he wants either because I mean, his dog's name's his dog's name is Rick. Yeah, that's the
0: thing. His dad was like the biggest Mickey Mantle fan, and he took a picture at Monument Park last year or two years ago where he had been freaked out because he's going to go to the Yankees. I don't know what his
1: like. What's his thing? His best friend
0: is Chris Bryant. Uh, Yankees, Cubs, Yankees, Cubs. The Dodgers play close to where he grew up in Nevada, so that's family. I, I don't know. I don't know what he wants.
1: But I think if his his up, the upside of coming here is is just. Immense,
0: or does he want to be the highest paid player ever? Because that was part of A Rod's thing, and he went to Texas. So no one had that on the radar. The Phillies are kind of like that, like Texas, like the Phillies. That's where Bryce Harper's is going to go. But it could be. I mean, if he wants to get paid, this is probably the place. I
1: don't know. so uh, we are we are about eight days away. Eight days? That's right. That's we are, my math correct. We there. are eight days. We away. are eight days away. Uh, the Phillies are. You think they're going to be right in the mix of this whole thing? We're going to have fun. Hopefully. Playoff-ish baseball. Hopefully, I just need the rally towels back. I need a CBP full of of white rally towels because like a late September oh, series with rally towels. Oh, I'll man. be there. We'll both be there. Man, I I'm I'm honestly tearing up a little bit just thinking about <laughs> it because I I live for a, a sold out bank with with forty five thousand rally towels going. It's been a long time since it's that been, happened. It's been way too long, but I, I think they're coming back. I think it's it's all on the rise. Aaron Altair is is their best outfielder are you with me no hoskins aaron altair first off hoskins is a first baseman but he plays left field yeah but okay he's a first bet he's a first baseman he's gonna play left field all year (laughs) all i'm saying is that aaron altair is jason worth reincarnated he's jason worth 2.0 get excited stay excited about aaron altair because his breakout season is 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 upon us joe gilio shout out to you for joining us Listen, listen to him every night at 6. It's a good show. It's a pretty fun show. You guys seem to have fun on that show. It's well produced. <laughs> you know? I was going to say the same thing. Uh, really well produced. The guy behind the mic seems to be a fun time. Uh, listen to it every night. If you're going down the ballpark this year, definitely tune in to uh, Leading Off. And, uh, we'll and then talk. when you're
0: leaving, final out.
1: Yeah, we got you covered. We'll, yeah. you'll have, either way, you'll have Jilio in your car <laughs> sometime. So uh, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, and enjoy opening day next week.